Yo, how's it going? Welcome back to my channel. <laughs> okay, let's get this on the way. Welcome to the Down Under Diaries, a podcast for the keen traveller or mover. Joined by me, Rosa, a teeny tiny Brit living here in Melbourne. Together on this podcast, we will chat about what life is like abroad, past challenges I faced and how you can overcome them, but also present struggles I'm currently dealing with and what we can do together to feel safe and excited about our journeys ahead. Like a diary, opportunities and difficulties unfold for me on a daily basis. So join me in figuring them out. Hello, my lovers. How are you? You will be so surprised at how often my accent changes here whilst living. I don't know whether you've started to notice, if you've been here long enough, any accent changes or whether your friends say that your accent has changed. I know that if I went home now to England, that my accent would be a lot tamer than what it used to be. It's definitely shifted into something a bit weird, but every now and again... I don't know, I will teach fitness classes and all sorts of accents come out of my mouth. Sometimes it's my lover, sometimes we're southern, sometimes we go up north, sometimes we're in Birmingham. Like, it really is a full host, I mean, Scotland sometimes, I don't know. (laughs) But nonetheless, welcome back to the podcast. We are flying through this season and I am loving every minute so far and I hope you are as well. Today's episode, we are digging deep into a conversation that a lot of us just don't like having. I don't know, it gives us this like, ugh, feeling. But if we talk about it together now, it may help you towards a future within traveling that is sustainable, that is easy and comfortable, and you feel confident using money. And travel is one of those things that just, it just sucks all of the money out of you. It really does. It is such an investment in experience and memories other than anything else. But it's still this troublesome topic. And that's why we're talking about it today. As you start to get comfortable with your travel journey, however long you are away for, money will start to get a little bit more uh, focused in your life. It might start to become a priority in your life, especially if you rely on it to get you from one destination to the next or just help you live, actually sustain yourself in a different country. Hence why we're talking about it today. with topics like this I like to do a disclaimer I like to tell you my honest story with money how I was able to move to a different country and stay here longer term I think it's important in this day and age where anybody and everybody can hand out this advice about money mental health problems where certain people that do this have never actually experienced these issues ever before oh how to earn money how to be rich how do you have seven side hustles that all earn you income and these can be not always people that have generational wealth they have all of these other things behind them that have helped them get to that point like online businesses you know how did they start up that business how did they buy that house yeah because they have wealth behind them in their families I'm not I'm not digging at these people I think slay get it At the same time, 
I would love for you to know my money story, my money journey whilst I'm traveling. So you can kind of understand what context I'm coming from with the information and advice that I have for you today. I'm basically in the same position as you, hopefully. I hope we can relate on this. So about a year and a half ago, that was when I moved over to Australia. I spent a good two, three months before making the decision to move uh, to save up for this trip. So I was saving primarily for my flights and just the first kind of maybe month of living abroad. I had enough income to support myself whilst I was just adjusting to the new lifestyle and adjusting to a new job. I got my job before flying out to Australia. So I knew I was already guaranteed income, but I was also guaranteed uh, a place to stay within the first week. My boss was incredibly, incredibly supportive and caring to help me financially afford a just an Airbnb for the first seven days which was great it just helped me settle into uh, the place that I was in and then find my feet again at that point I probably could have lived off my income that I had from my previous job in England for probably about a month month and a half I still had some wages left over coming in and then afterwards it was pretty much all me I was also very lucky that my mum gifted me with some of her income and just a little bit of money to get me started as well. So at that point, I knew that I was going to have some bouncy comfort to living here. And then from there, I was on my own. My mum didn't give me any more money. It was just me, myself and I and that paycheck to paycheck living. And that's how I am right now. I live paycheck to paycheck. I dedicate a lot of my money to rent, food shopping and saving up for flights, either going back home or going on trips around Australia, which is what I want to do. I like to see travel as this priority on our uh, life and our happiness towards life. And just living and finding these experiences and memories to cherish for the rest of our lives. That's what we are really investing our money into. So if you are considering your trip out here and you're considering a longer term stay like myself right now, just remember that you might see your money just constantly decrease and it never goes up. It's not increasing. Depending on your lifestyle, depending on your income and other forms of income, if you have side hustles or other things that are giving you this access to a little bit more money uh, whilst you're still traveling, brilliant. Tell me your secrets. I would love to know. But if you don't, you have to get used to the fact that, yeah, when you travel, money is just going to keep going down and 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 down until you have nothing left. Like my first trip out to Australia, I had the savings and that was it. I had to live off these savings. So I had to get pretty good with managing my money and managing my expenses. But at the same time, I did come home with zero in the bank, which was fine because I knew that what I'd just done had changed it, it changed my life. It changed my trajectory, the things that I wanted to do. It gave me the bug to come back out to Australia again. So it was all for good reasons. That money was definitely well spent. But I think if you're someone that is used to money, having maintenance on your money or always seeing it increase, just get used to that feeling of money decreasing for a while. It's not the end of the world, but it may affect duration depending on 
the speed at which your money decreases. If you have maintenance whilst you're out here, like you are working a job or you're working places that actually give you a good level of income, then it's a lot less uh, scary when you see that, when you see your bank account start to decrease. But if you haven't got that extra thing and you are just coming out here to travel and not work, then just, yeah, get used to that decrease. It's really not... It's nothing to be scared about if you already know that this is temporary. Now, being limited on money or being broke in that sense of labeling this, if you wanted to, is it's going to be, like I said, very common. It might be something that you are dealing with right now. Australia makes it quite difficult to earn a really good lifestyle here if you are only here um, temporarily. As of right now, June 2023, we still have limitations on the amounts that we are allowed to work. For example, for people on a student visa like myself, we have a limit of 40 hours a fortnight. I think it's just gone up to 45 or 50 hours a fortnight, which is amazing. And I mean, yeah, don't get me started on it. It's a really hard limitation to live by for a lot of people. Um, They want us to prioritize our studies, which again can be difficult because sometimes we need the money to pay for our studies. So we need the money to work, which means we need the time to work. But nonetheless, you have to be careful of what visa you decide to go on and really look at your limitations and the regulations around it. If you're on working holiday, I think is a bit different. There is currently, I believe, a six-month limitation on a company that you can work for. So again, if your plan is to be here temporarily, that's fine. But if you're here longer and you want to be with one particular company, then that can be an issue you have to uh, navigate around. It's another challenge to help you. But yeah, unless... Australia can see that you want to be here longer term and you're doing things like visas, student visas and renewing it and spending that money. It is hard to stay here long term. But with that being said, I hope I can be an example to you where I can actually show you it's doable. It really is. Longer term, I've been here for a year and a half now and I'm still going for another, I think, year and a half so far on my student visa. So Yes, it can be done. There's just a lot of context to this and probably a lot of individual things that will relate to you that might not relate to me. That depends on income, location you're living, rent, savings, spendings, all of these other things will um, affect how you can live abroad on a certain amount of money for sure and also think like personal things like mental health your stability your physical health there's lots of other things to take into account that I just don't have enough time to talk about in this episode but is definitely worth you thinking about even if it's not said in this particular episode today so this is broken into two different sections today. The first bit is how I saved for Australia and I guess ways that you can reduce your spending habits or increase your funding for your trip abroad. So when you decide to fly, you already have a huge comfortable income behind you that will help you within the first, you know, one, two, three months. And then we're going to talk about maintaining ourselves and sustaining a living out in a different country and how I currently do that, which may help you as well okay so how did i save for australia let's go the 
this definitely still relates to the title because at this point when I was saving, I was incredibly broke because all of my money was going into my savings for this trip, actually. And it did take me a really long time to save up for it. I had to take on a lot more shifts at my old workplace and I had to just kind of sacrifice a lot of time socializing with friends and family and going home and uh, gym memberships and things like this that would help me kind of live a more comfortable lifestyle I had to sacrifice those to be able to save for this one-way ticket over so this is how I went about kind of saving as much money as I could now before you even travel or before you even fly I I haven't done this, but I actually was, when I was planning this episode, I realized that this might actually be a really cool strategy for you to do. So this may be a really useful uh, technique. So I recently read Grace Beverly's book about working hard or hardly working. And there's this one thing she speaks about in terms of productivity. That's the context, but we're going to apply it differently uh, in this episode. And she was talking about these pie charts that you can create where you're looking at your priorities in life. So she was mentioning that you only have this finite time each day and if you can visually see what you want to prioritize and dedicate your time to each day then you won't be wasting your time on things that right now just can't just not cutting it for you so before you go traveling you could just draw out a pie chart of your priorities of spending habits So for me right now, I am prioritizing my money towards rent, food shopping, savings for flights and trips out of Melbourne and, you know, a little treat every now and again for myself, like after paying a new coat or jeans, I have to do after pay. (laughs) If you're broke, you'll know that you freaking love after pay. It is the best thing ever. Um, It's the same as, oh, oh my God, I've forgotten what it's called in the UK, but the other version of after pay, it's the other one. Um, so I can, you know, treat myself every now and again. It's worth it. Otherwise, you're going to be constantly saving for things and not feeling satisfied within the present moment, which remember, I know we're talking about putting all of your money to your trips in Australia, but you only live once and every day counts in your life. So you you should still be able to enjoy if you can. Okay. Anyway, I think it might be useful doing a pie chart and just looking at what you want to prioritize your spending habits on. So right now, I'm not prioritizing nights out, socializing in dinners or anything expensive like that because city living can be quite expensive. I am putting my money towards other things and it means that every time that I spend money, you know, I have some accountability over it because I've already planned on what deep down I really want to use my money for and if I don't then it feels like a huge disappointment to myself and I'm not trying to like scare you into being like oh you're gonna be a disappointment to yourself but it just gives you some responsibility of your money before you even get to the country before you even book that trip it may not travel might not be a thing for you and you might not realize that until you draw out this pie chart or you write down what your spending priorities are right now at the age that you're living at this phase of your life is travel what you want to do and if it is what's your spending going to look like and if it's nothing at all that you want to sacrifice to then it's not worth traveling but if you see it and you're like okay I want to do this and this and this when I travel which means I can't do that 
I haven't got room to do this and this and this on it's not on my priority list and that's how you're gonna avoid these wasted money events or opportunities where you're just buying something for the sake of it and you actually regret buying it afterwards you'll end up using that money towards deep down what your soul wants to do whilst you live abroad so for instance this summer I allowed myself to spend quite a bit of money on festival tickets And I basically labelled that part of the pie chart, I guess, as being feral. And it was really fun. I enjoyed spending my money on that. It was very much worth my time. I've just created some incredible memories. And I have videos on my phone now that I re-watch back often. And they make me laugh and they make me feel so happy inside that I was able to experience that. So, but now we're heading into Melbourne winter and of course I'm not going to be spending my money on festival tickets. I can put that money towards flights or a trip abroad or seeing my friends in Sydney or Canberra or Gold Coast, wherever I, you know, I've got other things, other priorities now and it will always shift and change and be flexible. But if you are starting it, then it's good to know, it's good to have an idea of what kind of spending habits you want from the beginning. Then if you've done that and you want to start saving, then you can think about how you can reduce certain spending habits in certain areas. For me, my big areas were food shopping and fuel. So I used to drive to work when I was back in England and I kind of just decided to stop driving and cycle to work instead. It was it kept me fit, it kept me healthy. It was a nice little like space for me to listen to music whilst on my bike. There was no hills or anything, which was even nicer. It was just a gentle cycle to and from work every day the only issues is if it would be like super cold wet rainy then I might drive but it cut down on my fuel costs a lot so maybe consider doing that or if you find that you order a lot of takeaway or you buy a lot of food on the day then batch cooking dinners lunches before the week starts and then you've got a huge array of meals that you can go to that if you've done you know balancing and nutrition correctly you've got lots of protein in there lots of vegetables keeps you healthy keeps you full as well so you're not constantly buying like coffees or cakes we're all like that at work oh my god I I do this all the time I used to buy these like Biscoff lattes from a cafe just down the road from my work and they used to be incredible but they were so expensive they'd be like six seven pound But I used to waste so much money on them and I knew I could have definitely cut those out and just, you know, filled myself up on other things that I had and taken more food from home to work, but I didn't. So that's definitely an area that you can look into if you want to reduce your habits anymore. But it highly depends on your situation. If you're a big going out person, if you spend a lot of money on nights out, you're also wanting to travel, then you're going to have to make some sacrifices on what you spend your most Uh, amount of income on and see what you can do to adjust towards more money going towards flights and accommodation and Australia in general. So once you get yourself out to Australia, I think I'm going to be completely honest here with something that maybe a lot of people won't say to you, but I'm going to say it because it's incredibly realistic. You will come out to Australia and probably not know what your spending habits are like until maybe even after six, seven months of living here. I can't even confidently say yet that I am in 100% control over my money. I'm better off it than I was a year ago, that's for sure. But I'm no, I can't 
confidently say that when you come over you're gonna immediately know how to save your money because there will be things that you want to try there will be things that you have to test to see whether they fit into your lifestyle or not this could be gym memberships this could be events this could be uh social occasions where you are with people that you might potentially like and then six months later you don't like them anymore you actually the your entire life gets flipped upside down so it's impossible from the beginning to know exactly how you're going to live your life in a different country so as much as i would love to say to you oh from the beginning you're going to be able to be on top of your money because you won't be you're not going to be on top of your sleep let alone everything else because you have so much to look after in terms of your health and if that means ordering takeaway every single night for i'm not joking like up to two months that's fine because you're adjusting into a new environment and I I hope I'm the first person to say that, to be honest, because a lot of people will say all of these incredible tips on how to save money whilst living abroad, but they don't sometimes put this realistic outlook on it. You are allowed to spend money on random shit that maybe in three months time you'll be like, why the hell did I buy that? Well, at the time, who knows why? You're living your life. You're in a new country. So if you are saving your money for your travel maybe allow some expenses or some portion of your income to go towards random stuff because it'll be funny when you look back on it but also you won't know until you've tried it so if you're looking at new gym memberships you won't know until you've tried it whether you like it or not and once you've had that time you know to spend money on this random stuff and maybe regret a few purchases then you'll have a better understanding over your money and I can then tell you all of these wonderful things about how to save money and how to live abroad whilst being broke as shit. So hopefully this has given you some really good insights so far. But this is it. This is where I tell you how you can live your life being abroad. Now, these will obviously relate to my environment living here in Melbourne. They might not relate to you if you're anywhere else in Australia, but just take everything with a pinch of salt and take what might work for you first things first looking at our accommodation obviously if you're living in hostels compared to rent sometimes this can actually be a lot cheaper for you hostels saved me the most money when I traveled around Australia the first time but if you really want to find a homely environment then going into Uh, finding a place to rent you can go back to one of my previous episodes in season one about how to find somewhere to rent in Australia and it gives you a really good realistic but also optimistic way of finding a, a nice place for you to stay this will depend on whether you're moving in with friends or strangers or whether you want to live by yourself and again that will depend on your income but for me renting has been fine I've managed to find somewhere that's pretty damn cheap and still comfortable in a nice place and I feel easy enough to pay my rent every single month however there is this other way that a lot of travelers use in order to live free 
to rent free and to find some good houses with really good heating and aircon <laughs> and that is pet sitting so you can actually look into uh, if you go on if you go on any search engine you can just look into pet sitting in melbourne or pet sitting in sydney and you can find these families that are looking for people to specifically walk their dog and to live in their house for a week or two weeks or even more than that three months four months if you get lucky feed the cat feed the fish um take a parrot for the a walk i don't know take a parrot for a walk i don't know i don't know what ha- anybody has anything these days and you can uh live for free that's kind of the exchange you look after the dog which oh my i would love to do that i would happily look after a dog for three four months and live somewhere for free it saves you so much money and you get to live with a dog if you love animals this is a perfect idea for you. I don't think I have any specific websites, but you can any on any search engine, the first like three or four that come up, I've just checked are definitely reputable and you can find somewhere easy to stay. And sometimes alongside this living rent free is that if you're doing your research and you want to live in a certain place for quite a long time, you could just ask friends, ask your family to ask their friends, to ask their friends, to ask their friends and see whether there is anybody that now lives in these places that would be happy just to house you for a while. If you have like I don't know long-standing relatives in different countries they may be able to just give you some time abroad to live for free and in exchange you can just help them with certain house tasks or cleaning rooms anything anything in exchange for having that comfortable space and you might not know them as of yet but you have kind of this mutual connection from family or from friendship of someone else and you don't you can't you have no idea until you ask so it's worth looking into just asking people around saying you know I'm going to Australia for a long time if anybody has any friends or knows of anybody that I could contact that may be able to help me with this journey then you have a mutual friend from the beginning which is great. Moving on to transport I think this is another one where maybe at the start of your journey you are going to rely on public transport a lot more because you don't have a an idea of what your location looks like in your head. You can't remember places and you you don't feel as comfortable to just walk around or know a route to and from work, etc. etc. However, for example, I started my journey in CBD. very in the city centre because I knew that I my work was also in CBD so in terms of locating myself every single day it wouldn't take me long to have a good idea of the centre of Melbourne and then I could start branching myself off when I decided to move from CBD out into another suburb then I gave myself probably the first week two weeks to use public transport as my only mode to get to and from work and once I had a really good idea of the area then and I changed my transport from trams and trains as my reliance onto riding my bike. And I do this when either I want to save some money and I'm super low and I can't afford public transport or whether I just, you know, can't be bothered to ride a tram and come across tram inspectors. That's for another yeah, that's for another day. I just prefer to have comfort and knowing that I can get in to work for free and back with no issues and also sometimes other modes of transport can be a lot quicker from uh my place to work it's like it's 
really not that far on the bike and I can sometimes beat the trams and the trains which is even better so consider once you've got comfortable uh, looking into finding other ways to get to and from work whether that's walking or biking I went on Facebook marketplace and I bought my bike for $500 and yeah you know I'm a road cyclist I like a good bike to get me in and around the place but you can get bikes a lot lot cheaper for that and they will get you from A to B nice and easy get a good bike lock and you can take it everywhere you can literally take it everywhere and everywhere and you won't have to rely on public transport and if you love getting up early in the morning or love late nights out then again you've got another access to transport if for some reason public transport decides to fail on you I'm not coming at you Melbourne but sometimes you have some shit travel anyways once you've found somewhere comfortable to stay and you're ready to furnish it or put some food shopping in it, then you can think about how to save money in these areas. I would say furniture, just go to Facebook Marketplace. It is your bestie, babes. It will give you a plethora of furniture for so, so little money. I think like you can get sofas for 50 bucks, so long as it's good quality and you can head on over to the place, so long as it's not dodgy just be safe on there. You can get some real good quality things on there for so cheap. And you know, sometimes a splash of paint, you can put some of your own creative spark into it if you wanted to, if you wanted to go that far. I got my mattress, which I explained in a previous episode for $100. And it's a 15,000 US dollar mattress that this other tenant had as a present from her friend in the US who used to live in this mansion. Like it just got handed down to her and then it got handed down to me for a hundred bucks. And she was just like, I'm just trying to get rid of it. But it's like the best mattress ever. I sleep so good on it. And this is what I mean. You can get some real good things on there. You just have to hunt and take your time and buy the stuff that is the most important. And then everything else can come above that, like houseplants and picture frame, everything else like that, if you wanted to fill it with even more stuff. And food shopping, unfortunately, we don't have Lidl here, but you do have an Aldi. Aldi is your best mate and you will get some like proper bulky food for real cheap prices I'm talking that if you are such like a gym goer and you want to eat until you're full and stay full all afternoon there's some really good protein sources that are really cheap in there chickpeas canned beans are real cheap and like mince meat as well like chicken mince is only like four dollars five dollars so you can get you can stay full and hit your protein goals for real cheap. And then if you decide to go to other places like Coles or Woolies, I would definitely find the stuff that's just on offer or on sale. Like recently I bought a new tub of protein powder for 10 bucks because it was on sale. It was like a 50% off the entire section of protein. So I got lucky there. And it's worth every now and again just popping in, seeing what's on offer. And then if there's anything that takes your fancy, then you can buy it. And then if there's, you know, like $20 granola, then maybe don't buy that because it's probably not as good as you think it's going to be. And last but not least, the final point today, which is definitely going to rub a few feathers because I've just been doing just this this entire summer. And that is nights out and spending all of your money on drinks and tickets and festivals and Ubers home and Lime Bikes home to and from venues, gigs, all of these other things. Look, I don't regret, I'm going to say this, I do not regret spending a single, single dollar on any of the tickets that I bought. I fucking loved my summer. 
I went feral. I allowed myself to just spend. And yes, it costed me a lot of money. And this is why I'm saying it in this episode. A lot of the times when we have this idea to go out, it's just like this. Oh, yeah. Should we go out? Yeah, let's go out. Let's go out. Come on. It's spontaneous. It's a cheeky night out. Cheeky night out. And it's fun, right? And then it all adds up the day after. The Uber that you spent to get to the venue, the drinks at the venue, the price for getting into the venue, the Uber home, the food the morning after, maybe an Uber the morning after, aka the walk of shame, and food for the rest of the day as well in terms of takeout because you are too hungover to do anything else with your life other than sit and touch some grass. And it all adds up into this one big expense over 24 hours. And it's not fun. It's something that sometimes we either love or we massively regret. And if you have priorities on your spending elsewhere, like if you had this idea that you wanted to go on a trip to Darwin or Uluru or something and you just wasted all of that money on a night out it's not going to be a nice feeling is it so what I'm really saying here is just be conscious of your spending habits in relation to nights out and these big expenses that in the moment when we're a little bit intoxicated we don't really remember that we're trying to save money so if your priority is on nights out and festival tickets great it all lines up for you fine if it's not and it's not on that wonderful pie chart but you've been persuaded to go out three times this week just by the simple should we go out and you've just gone yes then maybe it's time to just evaluate the quantity of nights out or the quantity of drink like I'm just putting this idea in your head because in the moment it's incredibly satisfying (laughs) well (laughs) well I mean it could be you know (laughs) anyway In the moment, it's great, but after two, three days, when you look at your bank account, it doesn't look as great, and then you can't spend the money on other things. So, yeah, just be conscious of it. All in all, and to conclude this episode, what I want to put in your mind is just these kinds of thoughts towards your money. I'm not saying that living broke isn't always unhappy. By all means, I definitely agree with this concept that money does actually bring us happiness sometimes, especially if it's helping us buy towards things that would definitely make us happy, like a holiday, like, you know, booking flights whenever we want to. But at the same time, for me right now, I have a certain level of satisfaction with my living, paycheck to paycheck, because I'm learning about what I love spending my money on. I'm learning about how best I can get the most out of my money, the most return out of what I end up earning. And maybe it will do the same for you as well. Maybe it will just give you these thoughts on when you start working abroad, what you're going to put that money towards And how you're going to come home maybe one day looking back at your entire experiences and not regretting a single dollar that you spent, even if for a moment in time it was not worth spending. Sometimes they make good stories in the future. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I'll see you very soon. 
This episode and this season is sponsored by GoStudy. And GoStudy can actually help you out financially with situations like this where you don't actually know what your spending habits are going to look like. And if you are living paycheck to paycheck, how you can get the most out of your money. GoStudy provides you educational courses. So if you want to go on a student visa, but you also want to work and travel around Australia with enough money to sustain you, then GoStudy can help you with just that. GoStudy don't just help you out with finding a course. They help you with your visa, insurance, all for free, by the way, and can help you set up your financial things such as bank accounts, credit cards, anything else that might help you live a life in Australia. They'll help you find work that will help you sustain your living here. And maybe if you really do start to struggle, can guide you towards places that help you understand your expenses and what you can spend your money on, such as events, surfing trips, camping trips. They run all of these different things. So why not head on over to Go Study, check out what courses you can study and see if it will be a life worth living for you out here in Australia. Head on over to downunderdiariespodcast.com and in the pop-up window, you can then head on over to the Go Study website. It helps me and it helps Go Study as well. You can also find these links on my social media, such as Rosa Serrett or at Down Under Diaries Podcast on Instagram, or you can find Go Study on Instagram as well. I'll see you very soon for another episode. Bye-bye. <laughs>